You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. Another episode of the Flurry Podcast, and this week, there was no real major uh, boxing events or fights happening. Uh, there was probably some smaller ones, uh, like some smaller, lesser-known bouts, but I didn't hear about it. I didn't see it at all, so, uh, you know, no, no real fights to talk about, but... There is some pretty good news that came out over the past week in boxing. And I'm going to start off with Adrian, the problem, Broner. If you are an avid listener of the podcast, you know I am not a fan of Broner. I used to be a fan of Broner. Used to. Keyword, used to. But I'm not no more because besides Mike Tyson, Adrian, the Broner, Adrian the Problem Broner, not the Broner, Adrian the Problem Broner, is the biggest what if in boxing history. He is. What if he stayed dedicated to the sport of boxing? What if he never let the fame and money go to his head? What if he never got into legal trouble? What if he never tried to become a rapper? Who knows what he would have accomplished? Who knows how big of a star he would have been? He could have been one of the greatest boxers of this generation. It's always a what if story. He has the great potential. Well, had. I don't know if he still has any more, but he had. But, you know, that's all in the past. Everyone knows about that. Everyone, you know, they discussed it before. I discussed it before. But let's see what he's doing. He said... He's coming back. I believe they have a date for it set in uh, early February to like mid-February against, uh, I'm trying to look at, let me look up this guy's name real quick, against uh, Pedro Campa in February on Showtime. And I'm surprised he could still, you know, get a fight on Showtime. I would assume uh, that he would be the main event because even though Brona, he's not that big big of a star well he's in my opinion he's not a star at all in boxing but he's still regarded as a celebrity that people outside the boxing world they have their eyes on him so he he could possibly be the main event and um we will just see how how he's gonna look clarissa shields who fantastic boxer one of the best in my opinion she is the best a female boxer in the world. She made a video giving thanks and praise to Adrian Broner, saying that he's doing good. He's been sober for months, that he's been working hard and training and practicing. So if I'm going to go by the words that I hold value to from Clarissa Shields, I expect a great performance from Adrian Broner. And this guy, I don't know who this guy is. He could be a good guy. I haven't done my research on him. He could be a good fighter. But if Adrian, the problem Rona, if he comes prepared and lives up to the the good words that Clarissa Shields have said about him, he should get the knockout. It should be one-sided. Easy money. That's how it should go. 
So in next news, let's see what else. I'm literally on the website, Boxing News 24. If you don't use that website, it's a, it's a pretty good website. I'm not saying that it's great, but it's pretty good for keeping up with some boxing news. Uh, let's see some other news. Virgil Ortiz versus Maurice Hooker in the works for March 27th on The Zone. That will be a fantastic fight. It would be fantastic because Maurice Hooker, he is a really good fighter, right? Uh, I believe he used to, well, I can't say used to because it was like literally a few months ago. <laughs> uh, he he was really good at 140. Then I would assume that he finally made the decision to move up to 147 because Virgil Ortiz fights at 147 and it wouldn't make sense for him to go down to fight someone like Maurice Hooker. But Maurice Hooker, he's a really good fighter. And I've seen his last few fights. You know, he has a lot of tools in his arsenal. He's not uh, top, top level uh, as far as his, his skill set, his boxing IQ, and even his um athleticism. But he's still really good competition who could give anyone, I mean anybody, a great fight. And Virgil Ortiz is one of the up-and-coming stars in the welterweight division. If you have not seen his last few fights, I highly, highly recommend you go watch it. Because this guy, he's going to be one of those big names in a few years in the welterweight division. Right? When Earl Spence, when he moves out, uh, when Terrence Crawford retires, because I'm assuming that Terrence Crawford has no plans of going up to 154. He's just going to, you know, fight for a few more years, then retire. Uh, when all that is said and done, Virgil Ortiz, he should be the king at 147. And maybe he could, you know, unify the division, um, be the undisputed champion, because I have that much faith in his skills, in his abilities, in his boxing IQ, and his work ethic, and he's just a good guy, you know. Like even though being a good guy, it doesn't really, like you don't really get no points for that. But you know, boxing fans they like when you're a good guy. You know, they they find it easier to root for you if you're a good guy. So I guess I'll throw it in there. You know, he's a pretty good guy. But that fight would be amazing uh, if it happens to happen. I hope it does happen because they said it's just in the works. It's, I'm going to assume no contracts have been signed. It's just, you know, talks and negotiation. But if it happens, that would be a great fight. That would be a real step-up fight for, I think, Maurice Hooker. And he has a lot to gain from it. I don't think Virgil Ortiz has that much to gain from it because he's already um, being talked about as a rising star in 147. And then you fight Maurice Hooker, who is essentially coming up from 140. And like I said, he's a really good uh, competitor, but it's not going to really raise Ortiz's stock at the welterweight division. Like if he fought like a Yodinus Ugas, or if, if he fought like a Jesse Vargas, or someone who is established at 147 and, and who is known as being a really good contender at 147 but overall it's still a good fight i'm always down for a good fight 2021 nothing but good illustrious fights 
and this one is on the list. Moving forward, the fight that's going to be one of the best fights of 2021 has just been approved to happen. Talks have been happening for a while now, and it looks like some people are happy about the numbers. They are happy about the platform. It looks like they are happy about what is going to take place. Leo, not Leo. I almost got that wrong. (laughs) Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis. It sounds like they're happy. People want this fight to happen. I want this fight to happen. It's going to be one of the best fights of 2021. And I'm saying it right now. Oh, oh, it's going to end in a knockout. Someone got to get knocked out. There's no way this fight is going to go 12 rounds. No way. If it was a perfect world, this fight would happen in April or May, right? And I know Ryan Garcia, he just had... His fight against Luke Campbell, uh, like last week or two weeks ago. But if it happens in May, he still got, you know, a solid three months to train. 12 weeks. That's a great time for a training camp. Great time. And I'm assuming that Ryan Garcia, the way he talks about his work ethic and how hard he works, I'm assuming He's one of those boxers who stays in the gym 24-7, who goes straight from a championship caliber fight straight to the gym. And plus, he's on Team Canelo. Team Canelo, they are in the gym every single day. Canelo went from fighting and beating down Colin Smith straight to the gym. So the timing of it shouldn't be a problem for Ryan Garcia, uh, Tank Davis, he fought a few months ago. It should not be. It should not be a problem for him. All you got to do is make the fucking weight, man. Make the fucking weight. He made the weight from 130. You can make it from 135, no problem. When he fought Gamboa at 135, he did not make the weight. I was disappointed. But him making the weight uh, for Leo Santa Cruz at 130, it gave me hope that he can make the weight at 135. No problem. So just fucking do it, Tank. Do it. This fight needs to happen. 2020, everyone is finally happy that 2020 is over. Please don't let 2021 be a repeat. We need these big fights. We do. We want these big fights. So make it happen. And my prediction for that fight is Javante Tank Davis gets the knockout in round eight. And I'm being nice by saying round eight, right? I'm being nice because... Uh, we obviously see that Ryan Garcia uh, with a big shot could drop him. Just one big shot could drop him against Luke Campbell. And I'm pretty sure Tink Davis punches harder than Luke Campbell. And I'm pretty sure he, you know, he's crafty enough like a Luke Campbell to land the big punches. You know, make slight adjustments uh, depending on the type of defense and offense that's coming at him. You saw how it was against Luis Santa Cruz. But Ryan Garcia, he also has the power to knock out Tank Davis. Have we seen Tank Davis hurt? No, we haven't. Have we seen someone like even get him to a point where he's stunned or maybe even buzzed? No, we have not. But 
he got punched a lot against Leo Santa Cruz. And Leo Santa Cruz, if you know Leo Santa Cruz and have been a fan of him like I am, you already know. Leo, he doesn't punch hard at all. He doesn't. He doesn't focus on on the strength and power of his punches. He doesn't sit down on his shots. He doesn't really like use his shoulder and feet and his whole body uh, to to generate torque to land big punches. He more so, you know, just just uses his elbows and you know he uses his shoulder as well, but it's not like with great force. And he uses his elbows to land punches. So he doesn't really punch hard, but if Ryan Garcia can land the same amount of punches that Leo Santa Cruz did with Ryan Garcia's power, totally different story. Totally different story. The only thing is, he just has to do it. Leo Santa Cruz is a elite level fighter who has the experience of some of the greatest boxes out right now. He has the craftiness and the ring IQ where he can land all those punches and success and do it round by round by round. Does Ryan Garcia have that? No, not yet. But can he get it? Yes, he can. It just depends on him. So basically, this fight is basically going to be who's going to land that big punch first. Is it going to be Javante Davis who lands his big punch first? Who got that explosive knockout power? Or is it going to be Ryan Garcia where he has knockout power, but I don't think it's as explosive, but he hits you with a few of those and you're going to start feeling it. You're going to go down. And when you go down, most people don't get back up from it. So all we got to do is wait and see. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it to happen. I want it to happen. So badly. I wanted to happen. Make it happen. Uh, more news. Oscar De La Hoya, the CEO. I believe he's the CEO of Golden Boy. Or is he just like the founder? Or whatever the hell he is, the Golden Boy. He wants to come out of retirement to fight Triple G, the monster Golovkin. Now, you know how you you hear someone say something. And it doesn't like register to you the first time. So you'd be like, like, can you say it again? Or you read something and you're you're thinking, or maybe I switched the words up a little bit in my mind. Let me read that back again. Because when he said he wants to come out of retirement to fight Triple G, I said, come again. I rewinded it immediately. You want to do what? I refreshed the page. Did I just read this article correctly? Did I read that headline correctly? He wants to come out and do what? Fight Triple G? Are you stupid? Are you crazy? What the fuck is going on? Like, bro, if you want to come out of retirement, I understand that. Mike Tyson came out of retirement and he fought someone who was just as old as him, just as slow as him. You know, they both are legends, but... You know, he fought someone where it was a fair playing field. You don't come out of retirement and want to fight a guy who, you know, he may not be at the top of his game anymore, but he didn't fall that far off. Triple G did not fall that far off. 
he can still go into the ring today. You saw his last fight. He fought a young, good contender in his last fight, and he beat the dog shit out of him. What the fuck you think he going to do to you, De La Hoya? Nah, this is just Oscar. He's just trolling. He has to be trolling. He has to be joking and trolling. He has to be saying this just to make some headlines or maybe he's promoting a big fight or maybe he just wants the attention on him for a split second so he could, you know, do some sneaky stuff behind the scenes. Like, you know, like how Donald Trump would say some things, some outland, like something outlandish. But then he would like do something behind the scenes that you wouldn't be paying attention to because you you're so focused on the outlandish thing he just said. I think Oscar De La Hoya, he might be doing that now. Saying you want to come out and fight Triple G, but he don't really mean it. So what are you doing behind the scenes? What are you doing? What are you doing behind the scenes that you don't want people to look at? Huh? Maybe he's stopping Ryan Garcia, the new golden boy. Canelo, he sued Golden Boy and he's off there. So Ryan Garcia is the new Golden Boy. Maybe he is preventing Ryan Garcia, the new Golden Boy, from getting into these big major fights against Tank Davis, against uh, Devin Haney, against Tiafima Lopez. Maybe he's the one who prevented the fight between um, Ryan Garcia and Linares. Yeah, I know they said Lenars. I think they said he got COVID or something. But, you know, uh, you don't have COVID for no 10 fucking months. Or maybe, you know, I'm not a doctor or a scientist. So maybe he had, maybe he did have COVID for 10 fucking months. But, you know, just looking at the standards and the, the average that people have before, eh, it's highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. So back to my question. Oscar De La Hoya what the fuck are you doing behind the scenes that you do not want us to pay attention to? That you would come out to the media and say something so outlandish, so idiotic, with the mitigated gall to say you would come out of retirement and fight Triple G. You might as well just write your will. You might as well just write your will. You might as well write your will, pick out your casket. Pick out your casket. Matter of fact, we can have Michael Buffer read your eulogy. If you want, if you're serious about fighting Triple G, we will get Michael Buffer to read your eulogy. And at the end, he will say, let's get ready to mourn. That's what people will be doing to you if you come out and fight Triple G. And Triple G even said to himself, I'm looking to kill him if he actually does it. He didn't say it like that, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, you know, for a little extra dramatics, but it's essentially what he said. He's fine with your life being lost in the ring. So, Asuka, I know you're not serious about this. I know you're just trolling for attention right now. I know, I get it, I understand it. It's a pretty common tactic by public figures in society today. But at the end of the day, if you're going to troll, at least troll with something that's a little more sensible, okay? Something where you won't lose your life over, okay? Because as much as people do not like you, we don't want you to die in the ring. We don't want you to die, you know? You know, we, we 
we like you, you know, just a little bit. You like that, like that annoying uncle, you know, who who just won't shut the fuck up. You and Eddie Hearn, man, both of y'all are just the annoying uncles who just will never shut the fuck up. But we don't want you to die, you know. And last news, my guy, my man who was at one point the king of 147 when he beat Sean Porter and Danny Garcia back to back, he is returning. Yes, it's Keith Thurman. If you like didn't get who it was by the introduction I gave, it's Keith Thurman. He cut off the ponytail. He got the little Caesar going on. He said that loss against Manny Pacquiao. I need to reinvent myself. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Keith Thurman. K to the E-I-T-H. You know, the H, you know, it It didn't really rhyme, but, you know, I, I threw it in there anyway. But he's returning with a new hairstyle, and he's ready to get back in the ring He's hungry again because he knows that y'all been sleeping on him. Y'all forgot about him. And it's kind of his fault and not his fault because he's just been battling a bunch of injuries. Um, He's been injured for literally like three years straight. And he still had two really good fights, one against uh, Josecito Lopez, which... Was a great fight despite people criticizing for him. Then he had the loss against Manny Pacquiao, which was a great fight, which actually would have been a draw if he didn't get knocked down. But it was still a great, great fight. But he got injured in that fight. Then he was injured for like two years prior to that. Then he's injured again now. So he he just can't stay healthy. So it's kind of, um, how would I say this? It's kind of expected that people would you know, forget about him a little bit because, you know, he just keeps getting injured. I'm assuming that he feels healthy. He feels ready to make a comeback. And he said he wants Earl Spence. And I don't think he should take that fight. I don't think he should. Um, But what would be a good fight for him? I'm not even going to front. If he comes back, I don't want him to fight Earl Spence or uh, Terrence Crawford because I think that uh, he's not ready for them just yet. If it was like four years ago, then I would say, yes, he is. But he's coming off a bunch of injuries and he's coming off a loss. So, you know, he just got to, you know, get back in there, you know, slowly but surely make your way back to the the perfect fighter that you once was. Well, not perfect, but, you know, back to his peak. Um, So I think a good fight for him would be. Like uh, your Dennis Ugas, that would be a good fight. He could fight a Virgil Ortiz, that would be a great fight. If Virgil Ortiz don't fight Maurice Hooker, he could fight a Mikey Garcia. But Mikey Garcia, he is a high-level opponent. In Mikey Garcia's last two fights, we realize he has an issue with uh, his selection of punches. He has fantastic technique and timing, and he has power, and he's strong, and he's has crazy ring IQ, but he's sort of conservative with his punches too. And Earl Spence sort of created a game plan to beat Mikey Garcia that I think Keith Thurman, he could try to imitate. 
But the only thing about it is Keith Thurman, he, he's kind of fragile. Like he, I've seen him get hurt multiple times in fights. So he, he can't take a punch like Earl Spence. So he got a, um, he wouldn't want to walk through that fire of taking, uh, Mike, Mike Garcia's punches or even like attempting to trade with him, but it'd still be a fantastic fight. But that's just, you know, it's, it's just my opinion. You know, it's my opinion. Maybe he comes out and he could get an Earl Spence right off the back. Maybe he's going to get knocked the fuck out. But, you know, it'll still be a good fight that I will pay for or someone will pay for it. And I'll just watch it from them. And I know some people are probably thinking maybe he should do a rematch with Danny Garcia or a Sean Porter. Uh, I don't think that would be sufficient because, one, Danny Garcia, he's the exact same fighter that he was when Keith Thurman first beat him. So it wouldn't really prove anything. But Sean Porter, he's gotten better. So I don't even know if Keith Thurman can even beat him. Because Keith Thurman beat him the first time. But if Sean Porter got better, Keith Thurman has has to be better than he was four years ago. And I don't think he is. It's highly unlikely that Keith Thurman is better than he was four years ago when he beat Sean Porter the first time. But, you know, it's all will be great fights. Keith Thurman is still a viable name in the welterweight division, uh, despite all his injuries. He could still come out. He's still a star in his own right, and he still has, you know, somewhat of the power to, you know, get uh, a good name and a high, big, big name and a big paycheck. So we would just have to wait and see. But I hope he just doesn't make the wrong decision of wanting to get an Earl Spence or a Keith Thurman, not a Keith, a Terrence Crawford. <laughs> Imagine him fighting himself. That'd be funny. But yeah, I hope he just doesn't make the mistake of him wanting an Earl Spence or a Terrence Crawford after he's coming off this long layoff because it would not end well for him. It will not. But that's all it is for this podcast, for this episode. Um, Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to whatever you listen to, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, please write in the comments what you think, your opinions. I always reply to every single one, and I always ask questions. I always, you know, up for a debate. But if you have a good point, I might, you know, switch over, but highly unlikely. So that's all. I'm done. I'm out. Peace. You were just listening to the Floyd Podcast hosted by Monkeys Rawls. Come back for the next episode or go back and listen to the previous ones if you haven't done so.